Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. They were the first to bring us Wimbledon during the week. And, you know, they certainly had an impact on sports. Inside the NFL was a precursor to Sunday Countdown. Uh, Very influential, very influential. I would say I no longer consume television in the way I used to. I mean, I really don't. I'm too old. Why is that? I think I'm just too old and I'm crotchety and I don't, I just don't consume it in Well, you were way. crotchety at 35, but yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Jim Miller's right. I was crotchety <laughs> probably at 25. Are right, we going to do something different on the show today? Instead of the traditional open, we are going right to Florida and Steve Sands, the Golf Channel, because Steve Sands will be there uh, for the Tiger Woods and Charlie Woods um, not debut, but they're out there. I mean, Tiger's going to play. Let's just let's just get right to this. Are you surprised at all by Tiger playing, or did you have an inkling he was going to do this all along? It's not that I had an inkling, Tony. It's just I'm not surprised because when he was hitting balls on the range at Albany a couple of weeks ago at his Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas, yeah, he was doing that in public. There were people around. Uh, there was a reason he was doing that. He could always hit balls and warm up and and see what he has, uh, whether it's a driver or whether it's just chipping and pitching or putting. He can do that at home in private. So when he did that for the world to see uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think we all had an inkling that he was going to play this week. Um, I was just watching the early sports center, and somebody said that somebody else said, you can't believe how well he's hitting the ball. Have you watched him hit the ball at all? Yeah, he's hitting the ball great. Uh, it's not going very far. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of power. He was telling us a couple of weeks ago, similar to a pitcher, and I don't want to get into the Hall of Fame career of, of Tim Kirchin here, but similar to a pitcher where they get their power from the lower half. Um, without the power that he used to have in that right leg, he's a right-handed golfer. Um, he's not able to generate the type of power and distance uh, that he's accustomed to. So he joked that he doesn't hit it very far. In fact, he hits it so short now, he can hear it land, which I thought was a pretty good line from him. <laughs> it is, it um, so, yeah, his swing looks great, uh, but it, there's not a lot of swing speed involved in his swing. Do not expect to see a lot of drivers from Tiger. Uh, I think they're going to use a lot of Charlie's drives because of where he hits the ball. The tee is way, way up for him. Uh, but you will see Tiger's short game. Um, in and around the green and, and some shorter irons, like some seven, eight, and nine irons. Um, that swing looks very, very good. It's just not very long right now. So, you know, everybody's happy that he's playing with his kid and all of that. But is there an ultimate goal here? Do you think that Tiger Woods, in the deepest recesses of his mind, has a particular goal? He may not get to it, but if all things were right, this is what he would do? Yeah, I think that if he could, Tony, he would play the Masters. Um, you know, and that's in April. That gives him some more time. That's about 14 months from the accident. Um, he said a couple of weeks ago that he was about halfway through his rehab, um, which puts it in and around that time. Uh, but as you know, and as we talk about every year, one of the things that's strange about Augusta for people who are there for the very first time um, after seeing it their whole lives on television, is just how hilly it is. And it's an extremely hilly golf course. It'll be a very difficult walk for him. Um, I think St. Andrews in July, flat course. He's won it twice there. The first time he won the Open 
and the Claire Jug. You won the Career Grand Slam. He has said for years that's his favorite golf course in the world. Uh, it's the shortest and flattest of them all. Uh, you know, if he could play any of the majors next year, he, he would jump at it right now, Tony. But it all depends on how he plays at home. And I know that sounds simple, but the last time he came back in 2018, the reason he came back is because he put in all the work and then was shooting numbers in the 60s with relative ease. If he's able to do that at home, and only he knows that when he's doing it at home or when he's with his friends or family, when he's able to do that, he'll come back out. I do not think he's the kind of guy who's going to come back out if he can't compete at all. I'm not talking about winning and stuff. I'm talking about just competing at all. I, I just don't think he's ever going to be a ceremonial golfer. We don't think, Steve, that he should learn anything from this, right? This is just to have fun. This is, or is this part of the learning curve? No, I think this is for his son. Uh, yeah. His son had such a good time here last year, Tony, uh, at the PNC Championship. And it's a lot of fun for, for all these great players to play with uh, whoever it is they're playing with in their family. Uh, this week. It used to be called the father-son, and they changed it because they're, they're different people playing with different relatives. Um, so I, Charlie had such a good time last year, uh, Tony. The other thing is, and I, I find this interesting as well, I think Tiger knows that Charlie has a chance to be a professional golfer, has a chance to be a really good college golfer, uh, perhaps. And he likes his game. And I think this is a great way for Tiger to ease his son into the, the fray of, A, being, you know, having the name Woods on your bag because it's his son. It's not like... Um, Sam Saunders, who's the grandson of Arnold Palmer, has, doesn't have to deal with the name Palmer on the right. bag. Yes, Saunders right. on the bag, that kind of thing. Uh, cameras, people, tournament golf, competitive-wise, I, I think that the only reason Tiger is playing this week is because of his son. Uh, this has absolutely nothing to do with uh, anything other than just yeah. getting out there and enjoying his time with his kids. I agree. I totally agree with that. And I want to get back to something you said before. A, a real tournament, whether it's the Masters uh, on Augusta, which he knows so well, or it's St. Andrews right. and he loves the course, you got to walk for four days. This is not yep. a two-and-a-half-hour basketball game or, or foot, even a football game with Alex Smith. It's not. It's four days of doing this. I'm not saying walking's the hardest thing in the world, but when one of your legs doesn't work, it is the hardest thing in the world, right? I mean, if you're going to play, you got to play four days, right? That He's got to consider that, doesn't he? Yeah, not only that, Tony, but probably at least nine holes of a practice round on a Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe even a Monday, take some time off to get some rest. But I was asking somebody two weeks ago uh, when we were with Tiger in the Bahamas, and they said it's about a five-mile walk, um, when you're going around a golf course at that length, uh, right. where they hit it from, uh, from tee to green, and then they've got to go from green to tee, and it's about five miles. And it's not flat. Uh, there are going to be some bad lies. Um, and you're not, you don't have the ability to just jump in a cart like me and you at Columbia, and, you know, sipping yeah. on Johnny Walker Blue while we're yeah. playing the 12th hole. You know, yeah. it's, you've got to walk, you've got to be able to do it. And, you know, look, it, it's is it the most strenuous sport of them all? Of course not. Is it the is it the hardest on your body? No one's going to deny. No one's going to argue that as well. But if you've got a really, really, really bad right leg, you know, like a bad back or a bad wrist, 
uh, or a bad neck in the sport, you probably can't compete um, at the highest level. You can get into a golf cart and go around the medalist with your friends down in Jupiter, but you cannot do that at the PGA Tour level. There's an endurance uh, that it takes, and not only that, Tony, but Tiger said he needs to get his leg into game shape, into PGA Tour shape, and not just the walking, but you know the power to be able to hit the golf ball at the length that it takes to be able to play out there at the PGA Tour level. So there are a lot of factors involved. But, yeah, I totally agree with you that, you know, walking is an, is an integral part of the game um, at the PGA Tour level, and there will be no caveats uh, for Tiger. You know, when you're 50, you can take a golf cart on the PGA Tour champions. On the PGA Tour, there are no caveats for taking a golf cart. Let me get to this. You're around all of these golfers all the time, and I would imagine Tiger is the biggest topic of conversation. Yesterday, sitting around after playing golf, three different people asked me, do I think Tiger will play the Masters again? I mean, people care about Tiger Woods. Do the other pros want to see him out there, or do they have a fear that if he's not Tiger Woods, he shouldn't even go out at all? It's a great question. They all want him out there. Because all of these guys have gotten to know Tiger because Tiger's allowed that to happen. We've talked about this before, Tony. When he was beating the brains out of Vijay Singh and David Duvall and Ernie Els and Phil Mickelson and Retief Goosen and all those guys, he never had a chance to get to know them as human beings because he was too busy pummeling them into the ground right. trying to become the greatest golfer in the history of the sport. This is different. Tiger knows these guys. He's very good friends with Justin Thomas. He knows Rory McIlroy very well. He knows Jason Day very well. He text messages these guys back and forth all the time. And when he's with them on the PGA Tour the last four or five years, he's hung out with them, um, which is not what Tiger did in the early stages of his career. So, yes, every single one of these guys who not only had posters of Tiger on their walls, he was their hero, and then they got to know him as adults as they made their way onto the PGA Tour. They all want him to play. They all want him to play because they know how much it means to him and how much it would mean to the game. Uh, I don't think they're fearful of him coming back and being as great as he was. Uh, I just think they want him to be happy, which he seems like he is, at peace with what's taking place, which it seems like he is, and they want him to be able to attain the goals that he wants. And clearly, it'd be great to see him come back uh, and compete at the highest level. But we're just so far from that. I'm just not sure anybody can see that far ahead. Okay. Thank you so very much. You're going to send me that club that you do a commercial for to get me out of the sand. You're going to send me one of those, aren't you? (laughs) You need an alien wedge, son? Come on now. Listen, Enjoy. As I, said to my, as I said to every other friend of mine like you who sent me a text, college doesn't pay for itself, Tony. You should appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> All right, All right we'll you. talk to you. Steve Sands, boys and girls, thank you, thank you, thank you. We will take a break. Um, Jason Lock and Four when we return. That's right. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Indochino ad. Nigel? We're going to lean on you in a little bit, but first I'm going to read. Personal style can define you as a person and help you express yourself. And the end of the year is a great time to look at your closet, decide what's working or what's not. Indochino can get your closet where you want it to be before the new year starts. Or you can gift, using it as a verb, 
a wardrobe upgrade to someone you care about with an Indochino gift card. Why don't you explain your deal? I Indochinoed my entire wardrobe. Such tremendous <laughs> use of the verb. <laughs> no, I, got, I, um, I went to a wedding, and I was an usher at the wedding, and we had to get these suits online. I thought, oh, well, this is kind of a strange process. Measured myself famously with a yardstick and a ruler, and the measurements came out perfect. The suit fits me like a glove. I loved it so much. I got two more. Go. Very affordable. You can design it any way you like, you and go. you'll look fantastic. How many buttons you are you down to now for your uh, spread collar shirts? Just hanging on to two? <laughs> Just the two, yes. <laughs> Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, as Nigel said, and you can customize every detail. You can choose everything about your suit, including the fabric, the lapel, the monogram, the statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. And the best part is that Indochino suits start from just $429. They're shirts from $79 with all customizations included. Give yourself a custom closet revamp. I like that word, revamp. It's just an invented word, a custom closet revamp. It's like uh, demo. <laughs> you know, like in, instead of demolition, people go, yeah, you can demo. Right. Give yourself a custom closet revamp with Indochino or give the gift of great style with an Indochino gift card. Get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the promo code Tony K at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com, promo code Tony K. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This music is sent to us by Ed Butt, who writes, Ed Butt here. No, not that Ed Butt. I'm Ed Butt from Frankfurt, Michigan. That Ed Butt, Eddie, actually, is a bass player from Cork, Ireland, who plays with two bands, Arctic Likes, and you'll love this, Emperor of Ice Cream. I'm attaching an MP3 from each band, along with Eddie's permission to play them on the show. The first song is It's All Right to Show Yourself by Emperor of Ice Cream. The band had success in the early 90s, signed a recording contract with Sony, but before their debut album was released, they were dropped. Flash forward 25 years to May 2020, when they got the band back together and released their debut LP, No Sound Ever Dies, last August hit the official Irish album charts immediately upon release, and has reached number one, <coughs> excuse me, on the indie albums charts. The music is available on Bandcamp, and their videos can be found on YouTube. This is called It's All Right to Show Yourself by the Emperor of Ice Cream, which is a great name, and it plays in Jason Lock and Four of CBS Sports. And, and you know, there's a lot of things I could do, a lot of questions I could ask you, but I'm going to dwell on Urban Meyer. Okay. I'm going to dwell on Urban Meyer. Sure. He was fired. I was surprised. Look, I don't like Urban Meyer at all and never did. Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, and Nick Saban are convenient liars. They hate the media. They're nasty people. I've said this a thousand times on this show. They're all really, really good coaches. I didn't think you'd fire Urban Meyer in one year at all. Why was he fired, Jason? I think the better question, Tone, is honestly, why was he hired? Okay. Um, you know, uh, this, I, I'm not sure if we talked about it in the spring or summer, but right around this time last year, when I started picking up rumblings that Shad Khan had a thing for this guy, my initial reaction was, that will be a complete and utter disaster. And the more reporting I did, the more people I talked to who know Urban Meyer, understand what makes him tick, have worked with him, understand his tactics, what he believes in as a leader, I'm using air quotes there, yeah. as a motivator, um, 
as a coach, uh, as a face of the program or face of the franchise, none of it sounded um, professional grade. None of it sounded uh, particularly novel or an approach that would be even remotely successful in the NFL. And there were some who said, yeah, but he's getting Trevor Lawrence. Like, how could he bleep that up? And I'm like, well... It's X's and O's, I get it, but it's also a people business. It's a communication business. Um, and then you watch them put the staff together, and then I'm doing reporting in the spring, and they can't do simple things like put a schedule together, and he's railing against the collective bargaining agreement, and why can't I have players in on this week, and why can't I do a camp on that weekend? And, you know, just the basic fundamental understanding that, these rules apply to all 32 teams pretty evenly, Herb, and you can't stash a guy here. You can't make guys practice then. Um, railing against free agency, bringing in a racist strength coach, the Tim Tebow debacle, which the locker room saw that for what it was. He wants his internal spy there for as long as possible to narc out who's talking bad about the new guy in charge. I mean, like just one flop after the next. Yes, you, 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 you can. You can lose and lose scoring no points with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, They did it week in, week out. Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a first-half touchdown pass since week six. They scored 28 points in the first half of their last seven games combined. So you you can be an unmitigated disaster all the way across the board, and then the dereliction of duty, you know, not not flying back from Cincinnati with your team, That most, most owners would have terminated him for that. Yeah, I don't care whether it's your fifth game coach in there or your 25th game or your 125th game. When you quit on your team like that to go pursue whatever you wanted to pursue for the weekend, and especially when you do it with um, under duress with how poor your spring and summer and start to the season went, that's, that's cause for termination with calls right then and there. And the, the, the die was cast, not that this was ever going to be more than a year in the first place, given this guy's makeup. But at that point, it was just a matter of, does he wait till the end to do it? And the final straw was last week where the, where the franchise quarterback, um, at least de facto or wannabe or potential franchise quarterback, had to come out publicly, um, show up his coach, who had lied about why their best player, James Robinson, wasn't on the field, and beg for that guy to be on the field to help me from getting my brains beat in, to help us have some semblance of offense, and to stop being spiteful for um, punishing the whole team when one guy makes a mistake like fumbling. Uh, That was the end of the end. And it's over. It never should have happened in the first place. They'll reach a settlement at some point of some sort that I don't believe will pay Urban Meyer particularly close to everything that he was owed. And we'll see if this guy resurfaces in the college game or not. Okay, I'm going to let Urban Meyer go to dust because I don't like Urban Meyer and I don't care about Urban Meyer. But does this owner have any idea what football is about? If you look at the people he has hired and had to fire... And, and Urban Meyer, surely someone told him what you just said on the air about Urban Meyer to begin. Surely that happened. And oh, no, he went ahead with it anyway. Said, Are you sure, bro? Are you right, sure? Right. Yeah. So does this guy know anything? Look, Shot Khan is an easy person to like. From the moment he came into the league, a lot of people were rooting for him and thought he could be a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways. Uh, but it's been, a, it's been an unmitigated disaster, and at some point his decision-making processes and what leads him to be attracted to certain individuals who he think can actually be the caretakers of his franchise 
That, that needs to change dramatically. The results are pathetic in a league that's set up to make everybody 500. When, when, when you keep you know, losing 10-plus games almost every single year you've been the owner. And let's be real. That division has been the pits most of the time. Stinks. Stinks. I mean, the, the, the high point was what? Some of the Texans, you know, stuff with O'Brien before it completely fell apart. I mean, the Colts for a hot minute with Andrew Luck. I mean, you, you got all these subsidies. Andrew Luck comes in, he hits his peak, he gets beat up, and his peak ends up being two years, right? He, he, he's gone before he even, you know, solidifies his second contract. You've had all that going on there, and you've been unable to take advantage of it. You did fall into one championship game, but you doubled down on Blake Bortles and kept Marone around. I mean, it's... I don't know what to say, Tony. Um, They have interviewed a lot of good people over the years, because Lord knows they've interviewed a lot of people, because Lord knows they've needed a lot of coaches and GMs, and they have consistently picked the wrong guy. Terrible. Uh, He runs through coaches and general managers. You know? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he knows what he's doing. And and I remember sitting on the PTI set and actually advocating that Trevor Lawrence say what John Elway said, which is, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And Trevor Lawrence didn't say that, and he ended up going there. And what, what do you think happens to him? What happens to him? He's, he's not – a lot of people in their first year have bad years, and he's one of them. That doesn't mean he won't be great in his second and third right. year, but right. he's not getting any better right now. Getting worse. Well, last week was a cry for help. Like, you got to get me away from this guy. Like, like that, was, that was putting the franchise on notice. Like, you know, if he's still here at the end of the year when I do my exit interviews, my interview's going to be real short. You keep <laughs> him, that's fine. You know, uh, trade me right bleeping now. Like, I'm not wasting another year of my career with this jackass. So you want to go that route. That's you're the billionaire. It's your team, but I'm checking out. I'm, I'm not, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't professional football. Um, so we'll see what kind of lifeline they throw him and, and, and you know, what, what the offensive staff looks like, what the overarching philosophies are, um, what kind of personnel decisions. I mean, the, the problem is the stink of urban Meyer doesn't just go away when he goes away. You know, it's it's the personnel moves he made in the interim that set you back. He kept that offensive line together completely for another year because his his buddy's the offensive line coach, uh, one of the few people he kept from the previous staff. Like, there's things he did, you know, drafting another running back when you have a running back. Like, he wasn't there that long, but there's a lot you have to undo. So a lot of people will say that this proves that you cannot go from college to the pros, and they will say Lou Holtz couldn't do it and Nick Saban couldn't do it. And I would then say, maybe that's true, but Jimmy Johnson certainly did it. I mean, some, yeah. some people do it. Is there any conclusion to be drawn about college and pro, or is it just a conclusion about Urban Meyer? Jim Harbaugh did it, by the way, college to yeah. pro, back to college. He did it. Yeah. So. Uh, look, I, I think it takes the right mentality, and it ideally is someone who has um, a, a, at least something close to a considerable NFL background, whether it was – he was an intern for a couple of years. He was a quality control guy. He was a position coach at one place or another. Like, if you go in blind and you've been, you know, a college guy your whole life and you were able to quickly become a demagogue, even if it started at, you know, Utah or Bowling Green or somewhere small and then it built its way up, um, I think it's the approach, it's the style. Uh, is he a servant leader, you know what I mean? Or is, is yeah. he... Um, yeah. 
is he a malignant narcissist? There's a lot of room between those two um, on a sliding scale. So, <laughs> excuse me, I don't think it should be a, a disqualifier or a disclaimer, but I think you need to really dig down on that individual and how they, how they teach. And is that the way that 25, 30, 35-year-old men can relate to? Is it a staff of, is he coming to you with a staff list of cronies who, who have no idea what they're doing? Or is it really diverse and smart and progressive and I'm taking this guy because of the family tree he came from that he can teach me stuff about and I'm taking this guy because of the success he had doing X, Y, and Z in that place and we're going right. to incorporate some of that into our stuff. So I think there's ways to weed them out. I don't know that all these owners are necessarily wired to be able to do so. And I will say this, a lot of these billionaires um, one thing Urban Meyer is world class in is talking up Urban Meyer, trying to get people to buy into um, the mythology of Urban Meyer and, and being a world class uh, suck up and kiss ass. And he's a politician at his core. He's not a coach. He's a, at his core, he's a politician. And he knows what buttons to pit, uh, push, and he knows the answers to the test with a lot of these guys. And he had been cultivating Shad Khan for years in the Big Ten, where Shad Khan's a big booster for the University of Illinois, and this didn't happen overnight. I would say Urban Meyer had been grooming this guy for years. All right, let me get one question before I ask you to plug your radio show, and it's the obvious news question, the explosion of COVID in the NFL. I know they don't want to postpone. They don't want to postpone. They got the next man up, and Mm -hmm. they got a tight schedule. It's different than the NBA and the NHL. It can kick the can down the road. Do you expect any postponements, even in the playoffs? I mean, as we speak, Tony, I don't. Now, I don't know what next hour holds and what tomorrow holds and what Saturday morning holds when some of these guys get out of bed, Um, and especially a situation like Cleveland, who's playing on Saturday, at least Mm -hmm. as of now, is set to play on Saturday. I think it would take – dire circumstances, literally not being able to field a roster for them to have those kind of discussions right now as far down the road as they are. Um, I think there are certainly questions to be asked about. When you went into some of these enhanced protocols for Thanksgiving, why don't you just keep them around? You know, because Christmas is right around the corner, and yep. this new variant was already starting to rear its ugly head. And if you looked at what was happening anywhere in you know, the U.K. and different parts of the world, you could make the case that, you know what, the crisis meetings between the league and the PA about this probably should have taken place uh, and continued. Then I've been reporting the last few weeks about the, the outcry among general managers trying to push their owners to say, hey, we need to get back to what we were doing last year. We need to put all teams in, in intensive protocols now, not wait for there to be an outbreak and then say, oh, yeah, now put the mask back on. Now go to virtual meetings. Now don't gather in large groups outside of the building. You know, so – is the cat out of the bag? I, 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 I do not know, um, but the, the, the big push now, and we saw it in these new um, regulations that were rolled out yesterday, is that the, the goal will be these asymptomatic players who were vaccinated, you know, getting them back more quickly than the old protocols allowed for. And I think that's the way they're trying to thread the needle now, plus some of the enhanced protocols. And this is going to be, I, I would su- suggest, adjusted and, and tinkered with from week to week to, to, again, try to get through this. Yeah. Okay. Give us your radio show plug. We love that. Oh, no. I, hey, we, we, we love it, too, over at Inside <laughs> Access on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. You can listen to me and, and my, my partner in crime, Kenny Wyman, from 2 to 6 every weekday afternoon as we talk about Baltimore sports, but also a lot of NFL 
um, and big picture stuff. Uh, I, I hope, uh, Tony, that you were able to hear Jerry Aloysius Coleman's dating tips last week. It was one of the highlights <laughs> of the show. I, if not, I will effort to get those to you. I know, I know, you know, Nigel probably is all over that. Um, yes. And you can listen to us on the Odyssey app or stream us at www.1057thefan.com. That was almost Thank longer you, than the interview. i got to really cut down on that. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Jason, Happy holidays. Jason Lockham, take to you. Call him, Copper. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Jason Lockham for our boys and girls. We will come back with James Carville and Jeff Ma, hopefully. Jeff Ma, certainly. James Carville, hopefully. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the solo stove ad. There's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire on a cool evening. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Because instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes, you can sit back, relax, and actually enjoy the fire. And with Solo Stove's holiday sale, you can get a great deal on a Solo Stove fire pit. Coincidentally, someone sitting at Uncle Benny's table hmm. has a solo stove. Now, you know about that double burn, all about that double burn. <laughs> but this Saturday, is there anything to celebrate that might bring us, bring us around the fire pit? Just celebrate life. The full moon. L'chaim. Yeah, the full moon is yeah, Saturday. Yes. Did you take the kids out last night to see the no, almost they were full very, moon? No, they were very rambunctious after no. dinner, and they had to be separated. <laughs> Upgrade your backyard with a solo stove fire pit. Join us. Enjoy the mesmerizing flames and all the opportunities to create more good moments and lasting memories. Make the time with your friends and family richer with a solo stove fire pit, which is, of course, made with premium-grade 304 stainless steel and a 360-degree airflow system that maximizes efficiency while minimizing smoke. It's easy to light with a few bits of starter and your fire is blazing in minutes. You can get your school logo on them now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like a nice colonial house. The Smathers and Branson, are they involved in that in any way? <laughs> Let the gifting begin, kids. Shop Solo Stove's holiday sale for a huge site-wide savings now through the end of the year. And with $10 off through the promo code TONYK, plus a lifetime warranty and free 30-day returns. Get an extra $10 off the holiday deal you make on your own at solostove.com. The promo code is TONYK. Don't be a dope. Use the code. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Again, this music is sent to us by Ed Butt, and it features Eddie Butt, a bass player from Cork, Ireland. And this is a song called You. It's from Arctic Lights. It's their fourth single, all released since January. They've been getting solid radio play worldwide, plus finding new fans on Spotify and YouTube. Everybody thanks us, and we should thank them for the music. Yes. Michael, if people want to send in their original music like Eddie Butt from Cork, Ireland, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. By the way, Arctic Likes also features Liam O'Callaghan, you know, who was, you know, had a band called Bulkhead, which is very much like Nine Inch Nails. And if you like that music, you'll like this. James Carville is with us. He missed a week or two. Uh, as the college season wore down, I guess you could pick bowl games for us, or you could pick pro games for us. Both. Yeah, what do you go, what do you have for well, us? And and go ahead. The, the Independence Bowl, BYU UAB. What's the line? Uh, I've got BYU giving six and a half. I take the points. The reason is BYU is a much <clears> better team, but they ought to be close to a New Year's Day bowl. I'm playing UAB in Independence Bowl. So right, I play hard. Right. Uh, in the is the Independence Bowl still in Shreveport? That used to be in Shreveport. Is. Oh, good. It is. I've been to Shreveport. 
Yeah. I've been to Shreveport, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who's from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana? Terry a famous Bra- Terry actress? Bradshaw. Is he from there? Uh, Terry Bradshaw? Yeah. What, what was uh, Valley Bertinelli? Uh, oh. Uh, Valley uh, Bertinelli, the actress. Rachi was from Shreveport. You're kidding. Wow. I think. That's cool. Okay. All right. What else you got? You one, got UAB. One of Van Clive, one of those concert pants okay. Shreveport. Uh, and Terry Bradshaw, of course. Yep. <laughs> uh so uh, yeah, and what's the line in the UL Marshall game in the New Orleans Bowl? Uh, two, two games in Louisiana. Louisiana uh, giving five. All right, give, get, take Louisiana. They play in that bowl almost every year. It's like a home game for them. Yep, yep. All right, and and the Colts and the Patriots. Which, which line they got? Uh, hold on, let me switch over here. Um, Indianapolis giving two and a half. Take the Patriots. Giving the Patriots anything? <laughs> okay, okay. Taking the Patriots. Okay. okay, right. And the Eagles and the WFT or TF or whatever they call themselves now. Was that plus line? four and a half, right? Washington plus four and a half. That line has shifted now. It is now Philadelphia giving nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yes. What I don't believe right? that. The, the, what the, happened? The, the virus. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to that town in Texas, El Paso, and leave that alone. Okay, we'll leave right. that alone. Yeah, yeah and I wasn't ready to fight that thing. And the Steelers and the Titans? Uh, that is now even. Pick them. Uh, Steelers. You're going to take Pittsburgh over Tennessee in a pick. Okay. Uh, okay. Beating game. And uh, the, uh, the Broncos and Joe Burrow? Uh, Broncos giving two and a half. Uh, take Joe Burrow. I would do that too. I would take Joe Burrow and, in that game too. I don't think and, the Broncos and, uh, can score. The uh, the Packers play the Ravens. That's they play right. The Ravens. And right. We had it at four and a half, right. but it's, we don't know. It's moved a point now. It's Green Bay giving five and a half. I'd go ahead and give the five. I'd give the five and a half. Yeah, we don't know if if what's his name if Lamar Jackson's going to play. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of these lines you pick them in the middle of the week, but with COVID, and, you know, you know what I mean. If yeah, people you can't have follow this yeah. every minute. You know, yeah. can get yeah. to you. But I agree. I, I tell you, it's gonna be, we got a good bowl season coming up. Good playoffs. I'm excited. All right, are you going to join us for the for those games as well? I will try. I will endeavor to. As long as I don't get. Two tour up the night before. I'm oh, glad to do it. <laughs> All right, James. Best everybody All at right. home. Talk to you soon. You James Carter, boys and girls. And we only had to bleep one thing. Just one. Just one from James. Yes. We'll endeavor to get Jeff Ma. Um, I can't believe that line. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. No. No. It, it does not make any sense at all. Yeah. Five points. It moved five points overnight. But, well, because I, they have no roster. Yeah. This is COVID. It's got to be COVID. You know, let me just explain something to you. This is what football does in football. People get injured on a given play and they're out forever. And the next guy's got to go play next man up. This is the mentality of football. It's different than other sports. It's different. Anyway, let me know when we get, uh, I believe, I believe I hit Jeff on the line now. Is Jeff with us? I am with you. Good. Jeff, you had your first losing. I, I, I had promoted you that you'd never had a losing week. You were one in four last week. You're 41 and 29 overall, which is still making big money. But what happened, do you think? Well, do you remember what you said on the last episode? 
What did you make I say? It's a big I mean, deal, but I had, had a losing week. Right. I, mean, I know. So I jinxed you. When you, all you keep talking about it. Yeah. yeah I, I jinxed the term you. is I'm called sorry. jinx. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no jinxing in Bet the Process. You can listen to Jeff. You can listen to Rufus. And what games do you have for us? Uh, I'm going to take New England plus the two and a half um, against Indy. It's kind of a strange line. I'm not sure if um, people are sort of depressing New England's numbers because of that last game where the conditions were so poor. But, um, right. you know, I, I think New England's for real. Um, obviously, this this is just a showing that people think Indy's also for real. Yes, but, yes. Um, I think we've talked about how you can't really predict turnovers, but turnovers have been big indication of teams' um, success. Um, but we've also said you maybe can predict turnovers when Carson Wentz is involved. So I, I like okay. I like New England plus two and a half. Okay, what else? Um, Tennessee. What do you guys have that game at? Is it even or Tennessee yeah. minus one? Yeah. We yeah. go to the pick them, yes. Okay, I'm going to take Tennessee. Um, this was one of those. What, what was the thing that we heard a lot going into this game? It's the, you know, the Tomlin's record as an underdog at home, et cetera, on and on and on. Um, I think Pittsburgh's very good um, this year, and I think Tennessee, after you know losing Derrick Henry and losing a couple games, has, has bounced back nicely and 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 will win this game. Um, the the home field, I'm not worried about. Um, like the Titans here, the defense playing much better, etc. Okay, I agree with you on this. I I think Tennessee is a high quality team, and I don't think Pittsburgh is a high quality team. I just don't. Not this year. Okay, what else? I'm going to take the Jets. One of your favorite, one of your favorite picks, um, plus the nine and a half, just too many points. And we, we've talked about Miami being a team on the up and up. We, you know, I've, I've backed them a bunch of times during this run, right. but it seems now like the market has really caught up and, and kind of gone, gone past what we would have thought. Um, just too many points here. It, it was 10 gone down to nine and a half, meaning that there's some smart people that agree with me. So I like the Jets plus the nine and a half. Okay. I'm going to take, let's see here, um, New Orleans plus the 11. Um, obviously, New Orleans hit a bump, road bump for a little while, and, and people aren't sold on Taysom as a starter. Tampa um, certainly has a very good run defense, so kind of mapping it against New Orleans, it seems like New Orleans would have trouble scoring. The quarterback running is a much different thing um, for a lot of these run defenses and, and can really throw a wrench into things. And I think Taysom will give Tampa a little bit of trouble here, enough that New Orleans can get a few points. And, and I do think their defense is still a very strong defense um, like them here to cover the 11. I would have gone the other way on that, me personally, but go ahead. And then I'm going to take Chicago. Like, because I know, I know we got to do this for Wilbon. I mean, you asked me how last week went. Yeah. Last week was a weird week that, you know, they could have very easily finished three and two or 0 and five. Um, it was, it was one of those weeks where, you know, Cleveland was winning the whole time and, and looked like they were going to cover easily against the backup quarterback and somehow managed to just almost lose that game. Right. 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 Um, Early Chicago was was way up, um, and then you know in the first Chicago half. does which, yeah. yeah. Well, and even in the second half, they were they were in reasonable position to cover for a lot of the game. But um, Chicago does what Chicago does. You know, they turn the ball over, they give up critical plays, and um, you know Rogers still owns them apparently. So, but 
I, I liked how they played that game. I like how Justin Fields can can make things happen. And plus the five and a half against, five and a half against Minnesota, I'm going to take him again. Anything else? Or that's are you going to pick college I, games I, down the road for us? You know, like bowl. Will you pick playoff games or may, or stay away from those? Are we are we doing a show next week? Uh, we're doing a show, but we're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. So we don't, you know, we don't have to do anything on college. Yeah, but that, that those games would would. Yeah, sure. There's some Christmas bowls, aren't there? Yeah, but you don't have to know. You don't have to pick every game. You can just pick the games you like. Although I think everybody should probably pick the playoff, the two playoff games. Oh, sure. Right, Jeff. That makes sense, doesn't it? I can I can give you those three right now if you want. I mean, no, uh, those two right now. No, I mean, no we want to wait till next now. week. Yes, yeah. don't tell okay, us. Okay, we'll now. wait till next week. <laughs> All right, enjoy in, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jeff. Tony, bye. Bet the process is a podcast that you can get where you get podcasts. Yeah, great podcast tease for next week. Yeah, yeah was, I don't want them to just start picking now. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> no, no. I will right, we'll be back. We have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. My ex-chair, I just sat down in my new ex-chair. And suddenly sitting will never be the same to me. My ex-chair found the heat and massage features. And suddenly I see how wonderful a chair can be the X-Chair, DDL support, and adjustable <laughs> headrest. Telemax technology is simply the best. The X-Chair, I'll never stop sitting in my X-Chair. <laughs> I can't even tell you how great that is. It's the breathiness. Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim would love that. Who needs Maria when you can have the X chair? That's written, I guess, by Alex Lau and his dad, Rich, is singing that? That is correct. How great is that? Yeah, we'll follow the something. Can we do the entire soundtrack with sponsor-themed songs? Just tremendous. Dan Byrne could write every song. And then we could do, yes, we could do could. it that way. This is good. That was great. Thank you to Alex and Rich. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Maria. Huh. <laughs> Uh, Bethesda Bagels. Pretty in me undies. <laughs> Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the DC area nearest you, then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. All right, Nigel has included lyrics today to the first great Procol Harum song. All right, so you know, we skipped the light fandango, turned cartwheels across the floor. I was feeling kind of seasick. The crowd called out for more. The room was humming harder as the ceiling flew away. When we called out for another drink, the waiter brought a tray. And so it was that Leyeda, as the miller told his tale, <laughs> that her face at first just ghostly turned a whiter shade of pale. That is allegedly based on the Canterbury Tales. When I was in college and the song came out and I was studying Chaucer, uh, you know, it made me crazy. I was so happy about this whole thing. But it's it's a whiter shade of pale. It's Procol Harum. It's one of the great, strange tunes yes. in the history of pop music. Thanks to our guest today, Steve Sands of the Golf Channel, Jason Lockenfora, CBS Sports, James Carville of Parts Unknown, and Jeff Ma, <laughs> host of Bet the Process. 
Um, let's thank also Indochino and Solo Stove for sponsoring. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Oh, and uh, TK Mint, I believe, is still active through the holidays. Good, Should it. be able to get something with two-day shipping in time for Christmas. Get some Johnny O stuff. Yeah, yes. father and son, great matching sweatshirts with the Pamlico. Good color Get options. some Johnny O stuff. Yes, use the code. This use is from code. Glenn O'Leary. I'm reading this cold because Nigel said it was really, really interesting. Greetings from Dublin, Ireland. I'm a long-time listener. I'm a second-time writer. In advance of the winter solstice next week, that will be the 21st, I wanted to try to help you solve your annual light conundrum that you will no doubt remind us of again, and I add parenthetically again and again in about two weeks. As of today, and this was written Wednesday, it is actually starting to get brighter in the evenings in the Northern Hemisphere. Today's sunset was three seconds later in the day than it was yesterday in Dublin. This will stretch to a full 10 minutes by the end of the month. The light in the mornings continues to deteriorate, however, and won't actually reach its nadir until December 29th, which of course means that the light in the evenings has a head start of two weeks on the light in the mornings as they journey back towards summer. This is exactly why you'll have your usual what are we even doing here moment early next year when you tell a disinterested Michael that you can see the change in the evenings, but not in the mornings. So I have an explanation. The rate at which the evenings are now getting brighter will outpace the rate at which the mornings are still getting darker on December 22nd, which is why December 21st is the shortest day of the year for us. I know that you, like me, will get a special thrill from this, from this, this far and no further light situation next week. It may be at its darkest, but we're on our way back. In all of my 57 years on this planet, I don't think I've ever found another person that gets such a kick out of this day as we do. When you eventually come to Ireland with your son to play golf and buy Aaron jumpers, you can visit the Neolithic <laughs> tomb at the Hill of Tara, which was built thousands of years ago and was designed to flood its inner chamber with sunlight on just two days of the year, winter and summer solstice. The importance of light to our well-being really is as old as civilization. Perhaps you and your team could see your way to appointing me as the official Tony Kornheiser Show European Solstice Advisor. Done. Done, Done Glenn. Thank you for the continued high-quality entertainment that you and your guests provide. I wish you and yours or every joy this holiday season. So I need to tell you, emails like this make the whole thing worthwhile. <laughs> yes, to think that somebody in Dublin is listening at all. And then to get this, this explanation... You know, in the sweet spot of my life, because I always wonder, but it seems to be darker in the morning. Why is this happening? And I will still ask that question. I will forget about this email, but thank you. Imagine how many years you failed before you realized the exact two days to set up the tomb. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it didn't work. Try yeah. again. From Mike Hawes. Shifted by a couple hours. My name is Michael Hawes. I am a master electrician. We got a bunch of these. I'm just picking one. I'll do them next week. Please allow me to give some advice on this matter. The tightening of the face screws would not solve an electrical issue. However, if these were kitchen outlets, they would normally be controlled by something called a GFCI receptacle, oh, right. an outlet with a tripping button on it. If this button was pushed while tightening screws, that would account for the resetting of the circuit. If not, it sounds to me like there is a loose wire issue that was temporarily resolved by pushing on the outlet. Please, my emphasis, call an experienced electrician to look into this further. And everybody says that. And yeah, we, have. we got Carol. It's and, we, and we have. We have. Someone will be here. Someone will be here. From David Morris in Huntersville, North Carolina. I may be getting out over my skis, as the kids like to say, but not a chance did three sockets in one section of the kitchen failing simultaneously have anything to do with faceplates needing tightening. <laughs> Ask Carol if she, just for fun, turned the breakers level, labeled kitchen on and off again. 
So I have to ask that. I'm going to continue with some email if nobody minds. No, please. Right. I think you'll appreciate this next one. It's a job opportunity yes. for you. This is from Barry Levine. This came last week. The Hewlett Woodmere Public Schools, of which I am a proud graduate. Hewlett High School, Woodmere Junior High School South. Hewlett Woodmere Public Schools, one of the leading school districts on Long Island, <laughs> seek an exceptional, experienced, visionary education leader to serve as principal for our award-winning high school. This is effective July 1st, 2022. Interested candidates must apply online by Friday, December 17th, 2021 at www.ulit-woodmere.net. Michael, I expect you to apply. Are you the leader you of this school? Today. You have until today to do this. This is you. If you could be the principal at Ulit High School, virtually nothing would make me prouder. Nothing, except if you were on the tour. But, you know. Um, Ed Waldman in Columbia, Maryland. I can't begin to thank you for the hundreds, thousands of hours, entertainment, you and everyone on the show are provided. I worked with Timmy Kirchin at both the Dallas Morning News and the Baltimore Sun, and I can vouch for how good a golfer he was and probably still is. He's also a pretty good basketball player, and if, even if he's never met a 30-footer he didn't like. <laughs> Next time you have him on the show, you must get him to tell the story of his golf match with the late, great Don Zimmer. So as not to spoil the story, all I will say is it happened while Tim was covering the Texas Ranger for the Dallas Morning News. It will be 100% worth this. And if you read this, I'll only be 10 read-on-the-air emails behind my old boss, Marty Kaiser. Another one from Nick, and I'll never get this name right. Nick Petrusiewicz, Senior Editor, Golf, ESPN.com. Nick Petrusiewicz. I write in defense of Tim Kirchin. Not his election into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Come on, that was a no-brainer and long overdue. No, I write in defense of his golf game. On Monday, in telling him about Johnny Bench's length off the tee, you said he wouldn't understand because he doesn't play golf. I add parenthetically, I just didn't think he played golf. I knew he played basketball. I didn't yeah. think he played golf. Tim corrected you and said he plays and made the joke about not playing well or something. It's his go-to move. Well, let me tell you a story. Tim and I have worked together on and off for ESPN for more than a decade. We are both Maryland grads, him a few decades before me, and both have uh, height-similar restrictions. <laughs> for years, I've tried to talk Tim into playing golf when he's in town for baseball tonight. Finally, this summer, he agreed and he came to play Tumblebrook Country Club about 15 miles from Bristol. I showed up a half hour before our tea time to hit a few balls and warm up. Tim was already on the range. He kept reminding me he hadn't played in a while. It wasn't very good. Yeah, sure. I wasn't buying this. <laughs> he also told me the same thing when he filed a story, and one read of that story reminded me why this guy is headed to the Hall of Fame. Anyway, I remember standing back on the range and watching him hit a few and thinking, that looks pretty good. The ball flight, the contact, I know where this is going. So we go play, and however delightful you might think spending four hours playing golf with Tim Kirchin is, it's even better than that. The stories the man can tell, but also the genuine interest in others. I'm a nobody, and he asks questions about me and my wife and our dog, aptly named Bertie. Timmy is the best of us, but back to his game. I can't recall how many times I looked over and said, good shot, Tim. Finally, on the 15th or 16th hole or so, it dawned on me to actually ask when was the last time you played i expected the usual answer from people who say they haven't played in a while a few months six months or worst cast a year tim chuckles and he said it's been five years wait what <laughs> want to know what the scorecard looked like from 6500 yards for a 64 year old who hasn't played in five years he shot 87 with 41 on the back so yeah i'm taking that guy in any tournament he wants to play in with me shop credit baby <laughs> okay. okay lee gordon west hartford connecticut and boynton beach florida you asked him what was the appropriate term for the procedure that got him into the Hall of Fame? Was he elected, appointed, designated, selected? He was Kirkagent. <laughs> P.S. Dan Byrne is indeed a genius. I love how he took all the proper names from the show and verbed them. Brenton Mitchell, Fulton, Maryland. We all love Dan Byrne. 
But if carvel is a verb, then the verb describes the most exhibitionist way to pass through security and let me get on the airplane. From Linda Blom in Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, great to hear that Framebridge is now a verb. Anyway, we use Framebridge to frame my husband's very first book, Heaven is Closer Than You Think. Shameless plug, please. That's the title of his book. They went out of their way to help us, told us the best kind of picture to use that would look best in that kind of frame. It turned out amazing, and we used the code, and she sends a picture. It's fantastic. Very happy about that. One more I'm going to read, okay? And then we'll put this away. This is from Terry King. A few weeks ago, you and Wilbon were talking about the blessings and memories of people you both have met. When I first submitted songs to Jingles, I mentioned my length of time in the music business. I should quantify that a bit. After a stint as a staff writer in Muscle Shoals, I moved back to my home near Nashville. I worked in a traveling band then. Shelley West for two years, Mel Tillis for three years, was Patty Loveless's first road manager two years, then back to Mel Tillis for four years in Branson, Missouri, and on the road. With Mel, we often had interesting guests on the bus and backstage, as he was an actor as well as an entertainer. Terry Bradshaw was a frequent visitor, as was Wade Boggs when we were in Florida. Dick Butkus showed up in Branson doing a fishing show, and I got to meet Bert and Lonnie. As a lifetime uh, St. Louis Cardinals fan, one of my greatest memories was meeting Stan Musial in Branson. And yes, Dolly Parton is as genuine as she seems. Thanks for the ramble, and I know this email stinks. Terry King, Borderline. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. What a waste of time. God.
love.